Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13-Sided Die. Level 2, Episode 12, Burnout in the Hobby, Indicators and How to Deal with It. Jim and I, with no formal training, tackle a difficult topic right out the gates. We talk about how burnout happens, how to avoid it, and what to do if you feel it. Plus, we also talk about dice. We seem to swear more in this episode than any other. Come count them to win a prize. Note, there is no prize. Hey everybody, we're back after Christmas New Year's break. Uh, it's uh, Sean and my good friend, Woo! Epic Jim. Epic Jim at the wheel, as always. Uh, we're recording this, um, I don't know, what is it, like the 9th or something? Or the, yeah, the, the 9th or the 10th, I don't know, of January. Uh, it is in the new year. I hope everyone had a wonderful break. I know I did. How was your break, Jim? Did you have a good time? Awesome. Santa always spoils me, so. <laughs> yeah, Santa seems to like you a lot. And uh, Jim, will you ever eat another charcuterie board? Uh, yeah, I will. Yeah, I know you will. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever eat another cookie, though. Holy man, I was really hammering those at Christmas. <laughs> you're, 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 you're cookie, cookie, cookied out, eh? Yeah, for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, at least a couple of weeks. Uh, no, it was a lovely Christmas time. Uh, I hope everybody out there who's listening had a great Christmas. Um, but And we had a really fun last episode, actually. I, I really enjoyed doing that. It was just very kind of loose, off the cuff, just looking at the year 2022 and kind of what happened and talking a little ahead of uh, into this year. Um, but we're, we're, we're starting the year off, I think with a really, really good topic. I know Jim's wanted to do this for a while. And so I'm glad we've, um, we waited a little bit because I think actually this is a great time to do it. Um, something funny, magical happens, um, at a new year. I don't know what it is because technically January 1st is no different than, you know, June 13th. Um, but it's a new year and people, as people, we tend to feel that we can reset. And I think that's lovely because, if things aren't going great in your life, reset, change it, but but don't wait for January 1st, do it at any time. But we do tend to think that way. So I think um, this uh, show, we want to talk a lot about um, burnout in the hobby, uh, what to try and do to prevent it, what to do if you're in it, uh, all those kind of things. And I know it's a topic Jim's really been excited to talk about, and I'm so happy we are. Uh, maybe we should probably preface it. Neither of us are trained professionals in any realm of mental health. Uh, but I think we can speak to the topic. Uh, and I think January is a good time to to be looking at uh, re- reinventing yourself. So it's perfect. Um, what about you, Jim? What do you got to say about uh, kind of the introduction here? Yeah. Uh, first off, I just want to say that I don't know how much credibility this episode is going to hold since uh, it's about hobby burnout and we're both supposed to be having a day off right now. And we decided <laughs> to come on here and record the podcast. So there you go. <laughs> So, you know, take that for the giant grain of salt. Yeah, we just kind of, it was literally Jim saying it's, uh, he, Jim goes back to work tomorrow and uh, I just finished a massive project that I was working on nonstop for the last week to get it finished. I was at the dentist this morning. My face is just coming un- numb now and I was going to take the afternoon off and I said, hey, do you want to do the podcast? I'm like, yeah, why not? That sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but it's funny you should say that, Jim, because I think that actually, to me, is one of the things that I would touch on very quickly, is that when you're enjoying it, it's hard to burn out. I, that's At least I, I feel that a lot of the times. Um, 
Like literally the project I just finished, I was pulling 12, 14, 17 hours, 17 hour days working on the project um, for about four or five days in a row. And I was just going and I was loving every minute of it. And I was really having a good time. Uh, Shout out to Motley Crue uh, for some reason. I don't know why, but I heard a Motley Crue song in my head. So I watched uh, the film, rewatched the film, The Dirt um, for, for giggles. And then I just started listening to Motley Crue's first album, which I can't believe is over 40 years old. And I've forgotten how great of an album that is, that first album. I would listen to it kind of on repeat as just a bit of a mantra to help me get through. So thanks, the crew. Um, I know you sponsor us. We love you and uh, help me get through that project. Um, But when you enjoy doing what you do, it doesn't feel like work. So when I'm upstairs and like I said, my tooth's kind of sore because I had to rebuild my tooth today, chipped it last week. It just a chunk fell off, whatever. Um, And my face is all numb and I'm laying on the couch thinking I'm going to spend the afternoon watching movies. And then Jim and I start talking and I think, you know what? We we need to book a time to record our show. We're both available. Why don't we do that today? So for some people that would feel like work. Work can feel can lead to burnout. Um, but for me, it's like, yeah, shit. I'd love to sit and talk with Jim. I love the guy. This will be fun. We can do that. So even though it's work, it's fun. It doesn't feel like it. And I think that's the thing. And I know it's really hard if you have a very high pressure job. I come from one. Twenty three years is a high pressured career in the digital arts. Uh, building websites and software and crazy deadlines and all that. I literally had to get away from it because of burnout. Um, so that's really tough. I get it. But if you can do something that you enjoy, it's not it's not work. It's not. It's hard to get burnt out from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, I don't, I'm sure everyone knows, but Sean does all the editing. So he this is more way more work for Sean than me. I just have to show up, chat with my buddy, give some shitty advice, and then... <laughs> Your advice is also always awesome, my friend. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Even the editing stuff, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a drag. I wish I could just press a button and the whole thing was done. But um, I've been experimenting. Maybe some of you have heard lately with just some silly little things have been popping in there. It's Even that's kind of fun. And, you know, that can be a break to sit down and work on it in the mornings. I do it usually across a couple of mornings and get it done. Um, but try and find that silver lining in everything. Like no matter what you're doing, there's got to be something good in there. And if there's not, if there's nothing good in what you're doing and you're just stuck doing it, think about after getting finished. And I know when we work a hard day and things are tough, all you want to do is just like veg and do nothing. Do some of that because you have to, you got to recharge, but also try and do something else. Even if you just go and pick up a mini and just look at it and think about how you might want to paint it the next time you sit down. That little bit of planning is going to give you inspiration to do to do it and that's going to charge you up um if you're a creative person you need to be careful you don't tap out your creativity because it can go away like you you know if you burn too much of it it can disappear and then you need to fill it up um sometimes in those cases you literally just need to walk away you, you need to say i'm taking a break and that can be for like a day that can be a week that can be a month it can be longer sometimes you just have to walk away and say i need a break from it it's a hard thing to do but pushing anything, just you're just pushing. And once you're pushing, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Set boundaries. Saying no is okay. Like do things that inspire you, like you said, that you have a passion for. Don't just paint like space marines because they're popular right now. Like ask yourself really like, what do you want to paint? Like what will actually like get your creative juices flowing, you know? Exactly. I, I find it's really interesting. We've talked about this before. And I'm not going to bash on these people, but a lot of times I see people's posts on Instagram saying, hey guys, I've done this. What should I do next? And they're asking people to feed them what they should do next. Some people don't have creativity in them and they need to be directed. I get that. But 
I would really love for people to find their passion, right? Like, don't ask people what to do next. Tell people what you're doing next. Get people excited about your projects. Get excited in your own projects. Don't follow trends. Don't follow fashion. Be the trailblazer. Be the one to create the trend. You know what I mean? Like, don't worry about what people are saying, what people are doing, you know, do what you want to do. Enjoy yourself and challenge yourself. That's the biggest thing you can do for creativity. You guys heard, you know, us talk about my uh, silly thing build in the beginning of December. I was trying to space my December out. So I had get all my work finished uh, or at least at a place I could stop and enjoy myself. And I was going to do some of my own things. And the first one I was, I was inspired. I build thing, man, did that energize me. I came off of that so jacked because I had so much fun doing it. Uh, A client who I was doing work for asked if they could get their project sooner than we originally talked about. They said, no, they said, if you can't do it, just say no, don't worry. But they had a big game coming up and it'd be great to have it for that. So I never shy away from a challenge and foolishly I said yes. And so I've been on the clock like a madman getting it done. Uh, But it got done, it got shipped out yesterday and hopefully we'll get it in time and it'll be awesome. But, you know, if you can find that time to do the thing for you that makes you excited and that, that will help as well. Yeah. And like, also like, don't compare, like compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Don't never compare yourself to others. Like you just did that thing sculpture. I've seen it. It's amazing, but you weren't sitting there comparing yourself to Michelangelo's sculptures or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I totally know what you mean. No, you're right, Jim. Um, I really like when I see people and it's very much in the mini painting world where people will say, you know, 19 or like, I'm getting too old, say like 2015 and 2022, and they'll show how their painting has progressed. I think that's really cool because they are comparing themselves and they're showing you how their skills have gotten better. That's beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. I love that. I would be very sad to see, you know, my mini and then somebody who's an amazing mini painter and, and, you know, showing that like uh, that, that would be hard, you know, Um, like I think like Pep, she does amazing uh, mini painting, right? What's her full name? Uh, pepper sparkle I, gem or something <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm, I'm totally yeah. obliterating that and i'm yeah, terribly sorry yeah but she's an amazing mini painter and so to compare your stuff to her would be foolish because she's amazing right um because you could get down on yourself but she got there from practice and trial and error and all that kind of stuff so don't ever compare yourself to other people like that it's not fair to yourself right like compare yourself to what you have done uh and just be happy with what you got you know what i mean like I have people who send me like, you know, it's funny though. This is going to sound horrible. Like I know I'm good. Okay. Like, I'm sorry. That sounds horrible, but I know that my quality of my work is good. I know that because I'm turning 57 this year and I've been doing this a hell of a long time. And I don't just mean like making terrain. I've done silversmithing. I've been, always been an artist. I had, you know, 23 years in a digital career where I was a digital artist. I, I've always been around art. That's just my life. And so I've translated into this and this is what I do and I'm very obsessive and I know I churn out pretty good quality work. So I get people send me stuff and they're like, hey, um, I admit this, it looks like crap, but I was wondering if you could take a look at it. And I kind of always have to say to these people, dude, it looks amazing. Like, no, it doesn't look like something I would make or maybe other people that are really, you know, in their career, you know, high in their careers, like, you know, Jeremy Black Magic Craft is crushing it with his stuff. And there's so many people I could list who are just amazing. Ray got DM is a freaking God. Um, so, but you don't compare yourself to that because these are people that have been around a long time and invested tons of time into it and really get it. I do this full time. Like other people forget that, that I don't do this part time. I literally do this, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. I get the pleasure of doing this. So I should be good. So when people send me their stuff and they kind of get down on themselves and I look at their stuff and no, it's not that high quality, but they're learning. Like 
And I have to say to them, like, dude, that's amazing. Good for you. You know, and, and if they say, is there anything I do? Yeah. Well, you know what? If you did this a little different, you'll find some great results there. Or here's an idea that you might want to look into. It's all about that, you know, positive reinforcement and to never compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to yourself. Like, um, which has really been funny for me because doing this big build, I finished this tavern. It's a duplicate of the tavern I have in my game and that I built probably three years or so ago. And so I'm going and building this one exactly the same for dimensions. But as I look at mine, I'm like, holy smokes, boy, does that painting suck. And look at this. I've got like overlapping paints where I've made, and I'm like, I glued that together. And it's just so funny to me to see how far I've progressed in three years. Um, so that was a really fun wake up call to see that. So it's great to see and compare your own self, right? Like, and, and that way, hopefully it's a healthier track to be on. Yeah, it was funny because I was painting like years, like mini painting years before my wife, but she went to school for interior design. So she took like art classes and stuff immediately was way better at blending. She knew colors better (laughs) and she insists on using like crappy Walmart paints and crappy brushes. And I insist on my, you know, my fancy mini paints and stuff. And every time she just crushes me, I, I like to think about it like Tiger Woods would school you with a. You could have the best golf clubs in the world and he could have a grad sale set. He's still going to crush you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you but it doesn't compare yourself to that. No, you can't. And, and you can't do that. Like, you know, and, and, and that's really cool. But like you said, she's got, she's ahead of you because she's learned color theory. She knows what goes together. Well, she understands design. She understands she's layout. <laughs> she's better looking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we could go on forever. We could go on forever. Um, but you can't compare that. But if I know, because I know you and I look at what you're doing now compared to what you were doing in previous stuff, I see huge progress. That's the area you want to look at. You want to look at your progress, right? Not comparing yeah. to other people. Because you know what? It's like in Star Wars, right? Sorry, Jim. We're going to go with Star Wars beginning of the uh, year. Bam. Look at that. I just nailed you that quickly. They say there's always a bigger fish. It's used at one of the, in one of the films. But it's totally true. Like there's always going to be someone better than you. Like there will always be someone better than you and someone better than that person. So don't do the comparison because honestly, people, that will lead to burnout because you'll just get down on yourself. Like you have to be happy with what you're doing and you have to enjoy it and and just really go for it. And then screw the world, man. You're a party of one and enjoy what you're doing. And if you can do that, you'll be much happier. And uh, yeah, but if you are finding those signs of burnout, that you're just, you start realizing that what you're doing feels like a chore more than it feels like it's a fun thing to do, especially if it's a hobby. All of a sudden that hobby feels like a chore. And and I've not, I've never been a, um, a Warhammer guy. Like I've never done that. So I could see how that must be a, a breeding ground for burnout because you're trying to build this army. So all of a sudden I see these people posting something like, I've got like, you know, 200 things to paint. Like, oh my goodness. How would that not tend to you know, get to burnout and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're painting everything in kind of the same theme. So you, you don't really have like a, a, a different flavor of stuff. It must feel very daunting and repetitive. Um, that's dangerous. So if you're in those situations, there's a couple of things you can do is, you know, put them aside for a minute and do something uh, uh, different. Like I'm sure you want to display these things sometime, make a little display thing for them to stand on, you know, um, make a bad dude, like something, nothing to do with them. Just like shake it up because if you don't, You'll wind up regretting what you're doing, not liking it. And then all of a sudden the whole thing gets chucked away. You might've put 60 hours into it, but all of a sudden it's dead. So you really got to watch out for those signs when you start feeling a chore more than a fun thing. Yeah. I usually work on my Warhammer army like once a year. Do you? Do another, do another little couple guys for it. And then. Yeah. 
I have two painted Warhammer armies. I've never played Warhammer. <laughs> how many how many figures to an army, Jim? Uh, Roughly? This one I got about 20 figures. Wow. And then I got like a pile of orcs. It's crazy. And then that can be like really lead to and the worst thing in the world is to have that lead to a burnout and then everything gets put on hold. Like that's not fun. Like all of a sudden you've lost everything. So you want to be really careful about that. If you are feeling it, also reach out to people. You know, um, that's a huge thing. Like our community is great. Like reach out and talk to people. I think you'll, you'll always be surprised if you ask somebody a question or just reach out. They'll be very, very kind and re- respond to you. I, I've, I can't think of a better community I've been in where I've seen such warmth. Uh, I made amazing friends on here. Um, personally, we, uh, and I'm not trying to plug this, but our Patreon group, we have a group chat and we've got about 30 of us in there and I'm just blown away with the the, the compassion in that group. Like somebody will put in there that, that having a tough day, such and such. And people are like right away, oh, don't worry about it. You, you've got this man. And, you know, sending little silly pictures of stuff. And there's just a huge source. So I'm not saying join my Patreon, but join it if you want. Um, but find a group. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so easy. Instagram, you can create a group chat. And a lot of people don't realize this, that it's very simple to create a, a private DM group chat. Link up a couple other fellow people out there and create your own group chat and do what kind of what we're doing and just post in there, share, and it's private so you can say what you want and do what you want and have a really kind of close-knit group. There's a lot of community there. Find your other fellows and, you know, lean on each other. If you're not feeling it or you need inspiration, do that. Try and find it. I have so many people send me messages when I post stuff saying, man, thank you for posting that. I love that. It's just giving me so much inspiration. And that was the original idea of doing our Norminis was to put stuff out there, show what I'm doing, and hopefully, you know, get other people to be inspired. And so I love when I hear that from people. Do that. Seek out people. Find inspiration on things and and and, and get excited about doing stuff. That'll recharge your batteries. And then I, on the other side of that coin, though, if you find yourself comparing yourself too much to other people on Instagram, take a social media break. Like, yep. the best mini painters are on Instagram, like the best in the world. So if you're just seeing that all the time and it's wearing on you, like just take a little break, like stop looking at it for a little while, you know? It, Jim's right because I was talking about being inspired by it, but sometimes looking at it constantly can uninspire you because again, you're you're comparing yourself. And if you're finding you do that, like Jim said, take a break. It doesn't matter. I, I always refer to social media, be it Twitter or Instagram or anything. It's a river. Okay. The information's a river and it's just going to be going past you. Don't try and swim upstream to see what you missed. Or I guess in that case, it's probably downstream, whatever. Don't be worried about what's gone by, right? The idea of, of to me, of social media is you just walk up to that river every once in a while and have a look and see what's happening when it goes by. Um, so in that sense, it's always going to be traveling. So don't worry, take a break from it. Don't care about what you missed. Just tune back in when you want, when you feel comfortable. Um, don't let people sway you by what they're doing, enjoy what you are doing. Like I said earlier, be that bold adventurer, be the person to go and stake out new territory and do stuff and don't care what other people say. Um, and I know that's easy for me to say, hard for people to do, but if you can, it's just, it'll make your life so much better. Worry about what you're doing. And if you're making stuff for your game, worry about your players, about what they're going to enjoy and worry about them. Don't worry about how many likes it gets on Instagram or that kind of stuff. I've tried to um, take pieces of what I build on daily basis for my clients and stuff and just post that on Instagram and people get to see it. But I'm not trying to curate those things for Instagram. Like I've taken what I'm doing and just being able to put it up there. 
that's uh which is great because it's uh it's fun i get to meet a lot of people but i'm not trying to make projects for instagram do you know what i mean it's kind of an offshoot try to be you know honest to yourself and enjoy what you're doing because burnout is very real and it's not just in we're, we're just talking about our hobby it's real in life like burnout can get you at any point in time in life from stress pressures demands so be careful we're going to stay in our little hobby world because it's the only only space we have a little bit of authority to talk in. But I know both Jim and I have both experienced it on different times. Like it's very tough and you just have to be careful and don't overdo yourself. Uh, and I'm the biggest idiot for that. I can't say no. And I'm constantly adding stuff like this podcast was an addition to the things that I was doing. But as I've said before, I love doing this. And for me, this is a a fun thing. So this is actually a place to get recharged by doing something fun. Do that. Find something fun. That is just a giggle to do, no matter what it is, just to get some light into your life. Yeah. This is just therapy for me and Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we're working out all of our issues and we're using all, all the, all the people listening, the whole 25 listeners now, 25 listeners, yeah. have, 25 people have listened to this podcast. Is that amazing? Oh, I'm sure we've dropped a couple since the start of this episode. <laughs> so we're probably down to 15 now. Again. Oh man, we're back down again. Um, but yeah, all these lovely people, uh, you know, reach out to us, talk about it. Uh, it's great. And, and, you know, and it's just so much fun to do it and to just to literally say, let's carve some time away to sit and have a chat. And there's also what you guys don't hear is the chat usually before and after the podcast where Jim and I might talk for 20 minutes or an hour, just like, Hey, how you doing? And just sit and have a, a giggle and chat for a while. Like, I love that too. So, um, yeah, it's a lovely thing to do. So do that, find things in your life that give you some you know, excitement and some happiness and, and follow those things. It's important. Yeah. And back to the social media thing, like, yeah, like you said, like don't chase likes and follows. Yeah. It's hard in this day and age, kind of how it's all curated. Like it's, it's real struggle to uh, gain traction on those sites now. And like, don't feel bad when your picture gets even 20 likes. Like that's huge. If 20 people came into your hobby space yeah. or complimenting your stuff, like they'd lose it. Right. Yeah. It'd be crazy. Hey, eh? now, it's funny because we started off this thing that people didn't hear with me kind of talking about uh, my excitement because I am literally a couple of hundred follows away from 10,000 followers. And the difference here though, is that my account isn't a personal account. It is literally, you can, I think you can check. I don't know if you can or not, but it's a business account. I changed it to a business account a couple of years ago. Um, I do run a small business. And so for me, obviously trying to get more people following and stuff is important as a business owner. Um, it's luckily a business I love to do and I get to share with people. So I am chasing likes. I am trying to build a following and I'm trying to do all of that because I'm trying to be a member of the community that people could come to for answers and to look to and that kind of stuff. But if you are, and you should be, if you are a person who just likes to post their stuff to Instagram, dude, just post your stuff to Instagram and have fun. Like Jim says, who cares about the likes and stuff, whatever, you know, you can always direct message Jim or I, and we will come and like your stuff. I guarantee it that that yeah. would happen. Um, it's a lovely community and just enjoy what you're doing and, uh, and try not to chase that stuff. And it's sad because our whole world has really sped up in the last few years. And social media has been a big part of that about making everything seem so immediate and so important. And it really isn't like, what's important is that you're happy. That's all that's important. You know, like chase what makes you happy. Yeah. And like social media accounts that get hacked all the time, like it could happen to anybody. Just remember that like you are a person, your talents and hard work and all your hobby stuff isn't getting hacked. It's just some photos. They're going to 
that you can always repost. All your true fans and friends will always come back and refollow you and always support you, you know, so... Yeah, you're right, Jim. It, it's it's about the actual work. It's about the stuff that you're working on, be it a painted figure, a piece of terrain, a diorama, a piece of scatter terrain for your game, like whatever it is. It's literally about the physical work. It's it's not about the the likes or the follows or the reach mm. or all that kind of stuff. It's you actually did it, and that's a thing, man. Like I, I have made stuff my whole life. Like I've either drawn or painted or sculpted or soldered or cut wood, like whatever it is. I have been making, man, and I love to make stuff. There is something so exciting about birthing something, about taking something that didn't exist and making it. I, I can't tell you. It's, it's like intoxicating. Um, it's a drug for me. Like, I absolutely love making things. And that that just keeps me so charged up. So, yeah, dude, I'll sell you that drug. Get on that drug. Make shit. Like, have fun and you'll just, you love it and make it for you. Make, make you happy, right? Like whatever it is, it flips your crank, make that thing and enjoy it. And don't worry about whether people think or whatever. It's uh, it's about beating your own drum and just doing it. And uh, yeah. And like I said, if you're making it for your game table, your players are going to love you. You can slap down a piece of chunky old wood that looks like nothing. Your players are just going to be happy to have something. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like different hobbies will that still help you level up like your D&D games. Like draw, like you said, drawing, reading's yep. a good one to get inspiration. Yeah. Video games for inspiration or just to chill out, like song poem writing, building train, painting yep. minis. Yep. And it so, all recharges each other, right? It totally does. Talking about D&D games as a little side thing here. Um, my son, uh, both my boys are like grownups. Like I'm an old man. I've got grown up kids. And uh, my son ran a game last week. He invited me to come play. It was going to be a one shot, but it looks like it's going to extend maybe into at least two games. And I have in full confession here, other than an NPC being a DM, as a player, I have never played a magic user ever in my like almost 40 years of playing D&D. I've never played a magic user. Uh, a bard maybe with a little bit of magic skill, but never like, and I played a cleric, but I've never played like a magic user. Not one of my favorite classes, as you can tell. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to really go and put myself out there. I'm going to play a freaking magic user. And his game, he gave us a little heads up. The story was going to be kind of a, a figure things out type of story. So like almost like, you know, having detectives. It's like, ooh, detectives. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Like that just really flipped my crank. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make a magic user, but my spells are all going to be around solving things, like how to figure stuff out. Dude, I have created a new class and it's a consulting detective wizard. And (laughs) I had so much fun playing this character. I have not had that much fun playing in a game in I don't know how long. It was unbelievable. I am in love with this character and I'm already been telling my son, like, he's got to turn this into a campaign because I just want to keep playing this character. He's just hilarious. It was a giggle. It was fun. It blended so well into that. Using spells to figure stuff out was just, it was insane. It was so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you better release that class before that open gaming license <laughs> stuff goes down with Wizards. Gotta get it out, man. Gotta get <laughs> <Yeah>. it out now. <laughs> that's the thing too, right? Like, um, it's not just social media, but it's news. Like that can really get to you, right? Like, and you have to be careful about that, about pulling all the information in because, you know, the OGL, the open game license stuff right now with one D and everything is a big thing. It's in the, you know, everywhere that can get you down. Like you have to be careful how much you allow in. You need to put up a filter 
And I'm not saying, you know, be that ostrich and put your head in the sand and ignore stuff, but you do want to be careful on how much you decide to, um, to pull in, because if you receive too much information, uh, news and whatnot, it can actually get to you and that can drag you down. So I think you want to be careful and throttle that a bit. Um, you need to look out for yourself because there's really nobody else looking out for you. Um, even your loved ones, they're there, but they don't totally know what's going on all the time. And especially not what's going on in your mind. You just need to be careful and pay attention. Look for warning signs. Like I said, if, a, if all of a sudden your, um, your fun of painting, making, doing whatever starts feeling like a task or a chore, that's an early warning sign. And if you feel that coming, you need to do stuff about it. Like we, there's a bunch of things we talked about earlier, like find something different, watch what you're listening to. Don't compare, like, you know, jump ship and do something else for a little bit. Um, don't do anything. Take a break. Don't do social media. Like you need to watch out because a full on Brian Wilson, I can't get out of bed type situation can happen with your hobby and you shut the whole thing away. And all of a sudden a year goes by and you've not played D and D you've not played Warhammer. You've not painted a mini. Um, it, I've seen people have that happen to them. And, and you, for something that you love, you don't want that to happen. So just, you know, you got to be careful with it. And um, like we said, it's a, sorry, go ahead, Jim. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just saying, like we said, it's a new year. Reinvent yourself. Have fun. Yeah, new year, new year. Never feel bad. I know, like you were saying at the beginning, like lots of people use New Year's to better themselves or whatever, and you can do it anytime. But a lot of people do use January as the time. And don't, don't ever let anyone guilt you for doing that, like for having New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. It's nope. never a bad time to improve yourself in any walk of your life. Never a bad time. January, like we said, just feels like a kind of a interesting, we've just accepted that something that happens. Like Jim said, do not feel pressure from it. But if you're open to it, yeah, look at doing something. Have a little quick look at your life. And is there something you could do to make yourself happier? Again, happiness. Look for that piece of happiness. But at any time in the year, have a look. Am I happy about what I'm doing? Is this still giving me joy? What can I do to get that back. What can I do to maybe find something else? Like be critical because you need happiness in your life. And we've all been through the ringer in the last couple of years. It's been absolutely brutal on so many different ways. And so we really need to cling on to that happiness. Like we said earlier, doing this podcast became a really fun thing for Jim and I to do and look forward to. This gives me joy, gives me happiness. Um, and I love doing it. So it's, it's great that we found this and it's a, it's an area that doesn't, drain us it, if anything it recharges us so it's it's what you need to look for it can be anything anything at all what else jim what what else did you have that you want to chat about uh in regards to burnout or prevention or um i also just wanted to touch a little bit on like physical health as well in the hobby because cool. a lot of it is you scrunched up at a table maybe on a bad chair maybe in bad light whatever just make sure you're taking like your stretching breaks go for a walk after you've been sitting painting minis for four hours get the blood flowing like stay hydrated all that good stuff like seeing sunlight in the daytime is really important for you like just look out a window even if that's all you're gonna do yeah you're you're 100 right on that um i know partway through um uh when the pandemic had kind of started in 2020 i was about six months in and realizing that i was sitting on this dumpy old ancient kitchen chair like this cheap kitchen chair and i was getting sore and it was silly so uh, you know, Mrs. Ardnor was working from home and she was upstairs in uh, kind of a spare, uh, like a bedroom changing room we have. And that's, we'd set up a desk in her for to work at. And she just had a stupid chair. And I'm like, this is dumb. 
And so I went out and I didn't spend a fortune. I splurged. I think it was like a couple hundred bucks for each one of them, but got kind of more of an office chair that does, you know, recline and manipulate and whatever. And it made a big difference uh, for both of us. So you do need to be aware of that. I, I find another one, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, but when you're sitting working intent on stuff and all of this crafting hobby relies on being really up close, whether it's painting minis or, you know, texturing um, terrain, whatever, that you do want to give your eyes a break. So every once in a while, just look up and over what you're doing. And if you can, look across the room and focus on something on the other side of the room and do that a few times. Just look up and focus, look up and focus. That stretching your eyes to something else is really helpful because being that close and intent on things for a long time, it's really hard on the eyes. Um, Jim and I are both here in Alberta, Canada, and um, it's uh, we're at pretty high elevation here in Calgary. Um, actually very high elevation. So the air is thinner and it's super, super dry here. And it's been a very dry year, hardly had any snow. And so I find every night I put uh, eye drops in my eyes and when I put it in and I hate doing things in my eyes, it, I could never wear contacts, but even eye drops is hard for me, but I put them in and it just almost feels like someone's like rubbed beautiful sensual oil into my eyes. It feels so good because it's so dry. So be aware of those kind of things. Yeah, you're right, Jim. Take care of your body um, in just the littlest ways. Stretch. Like I'll do five, six, 10 hour stints at a, at the desk and never move. Cause I'm an idiot. Like, you know, set a, set a timer on your phone just to remind you in two hours, just to stand up. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And like human interaction too, that's a big one. If you found that you've been in your hobby space for, you know, a couple of days now and you haven't really like, just even call a friend just to, you yep. know. Yeah. Well, this whole podcast really originated from Jim and I doing uh, FaceTime with each other. Every once in a while, I, I'm always working away in the studio and he'd be doing something, you know, minis or something. And I'd say, hey, do you want to? Yeah, let's hook up. So we'd just turn the phones on. We could see each other, but most of the time we're staring at what we're doing. And we would just sit here and like we're doing now chat for, you know, a couple of hours. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Cliff, we've, we've mentioned Cliff before on the show. He's an amazing maker. Uh, him and I try and hook up on uh, every other Monday. And we'll sit there for, you know, 20 minutes. Sometimes we sat there for like three hours while we're both working away, just chatting and asking each other about things and doing stuff while we're working. That connection is huge. Huge. That's awesome. We got to get Cliff on the show. We really do. Uh, Cliff would be phenomenal. Cliff is, excuse me, coughing here. Cliff has um, worked in miniatures for like 30, 40 years. He's made props that were used in film, on stage. He has a crazy collection of things. Um... If I remember correctly, like he's got an uh, original uh, blaster. Sorry, Jim, from Star Wars again. Oh, uh, my God. He, he got uh, from a mold uh, from, uh, here you go. Do you like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. Okay, good. We're, we're in love, love Indiana Jones. Awesome. Just checking. So the original headpiece from the staff of Raw that was used in the first film, Raiders, he has a, um, a casting of one that was from an original mold from the motion picture, from the people, the props people. Because he was in the thing for so long, he got to know lots of different people. And so somebody said, hey, do you want one? And they sent him one. So it's an original, you know, casting from the original mold. That's insane. Uh, Cliff would be phenomenal to have come on here and and, and chat with us. So he, he, you guys will hear Cliff for sure in 2023 as an interview. I think we've, we talked about that, that interview with John, uh, plugging Tale of the Manticore again. John was a phenomenal guest. And uh, I could see us really trying to find a few more for sure this year. That was a lot of fun to do that. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of people that we know uh, immediately that would love to come on the show. So I think that's something we got to look at doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, a little plug. I'm going to put this out there right now. Um, and I think you hopefully are still on for it, but a week tomorrow for our time. So that's going to be Wednesday. I think it's like the 18th or something. Um, 
uh, Jim and I will be going on Instagram live and it's for a new segment that I'm putting together. Uh, I think I'm going to call it uh, terrain and talking, something like that. And Jim and I will get together um, and you guys will see us live and I'll put my hand into a bag and pull out a slip of paper from a group of them and it'll have a random small train piece and listed. And the idea is that Jim and I will sit for an hour and chat and I'll be asking him questions for once, not him asking me. And uh, as we're asking questions, we're both making this item that I pulled out of the hat uh, and at the or the bag. And at the end of the hour, we will show what we've accomplished in that hour towards making that item while we've been talking. So it's terrain and talk. Um, I think it'll be kind of fun um, looking to do it once or twice a month type of thing and having people on for that. So that's something that's coming up. Uh, I'll start advertising it on my Instagram channel and I uh, hope you guys can check it out. It should be a good giggle. I, I think it's a little different and a little fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming on there and just crushing you at a train build it competition. It is not a competition. <laughs> it is just two dudes having fun. Well, if you guys want to see me wipe the floor with Sean with all my <laughs> mad train skills, <laughs> tune in. <laughs> It'll be really good. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Why don't we take a quick break right there and uh, we will come back in a minute and kind of wrap up our talk on uh, burnout in the hobby. Fantasy Factoid. The chance of rolling a natural 20 followed by another natural 20 is 1 in 400. The chances of rolling three natural 20s in a row is 1 in 8,000. Little side note, I once rolled five nat 20s in a row. Yeah, right. <laughs> I honestly did. Honestly did in a game. I It was, we were spellbound. It just, I kept rolling and it was in game. I kept rolling a nat 20 one after the other. It was five in a row. I've never, ever seen that. I think there was like some kind of weird gods level play going on. Love that. Crazy. All right. We are back from our little break. And um, yeah, we are talking today about uh, burnout, signs of burnout, what to do if you're experiencing burnout in the hobby. Again, we're not professionals um, of mental health by any means, um, but we have both been in situations where we have felt that burnout. And so we can speak from that. Um, just look after yourselves, like, you know, look after each other. Like Jim was saying earlier, reach out to people. It is a community. You know, everyone's there to help each other. And like, I don't know, when you're sitting at the table for eight hours, like I used to be really bad for having candy a lot. <laughs> like try to not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy diet, folks. Healthy diet. No, that's right. I mean, you said earlier, and that's a good one. Like I've really, because I'm downstairs in the basement, so to go upstairs uh, to get drinks. So I've just tried to start bringing really big cups of water with me. <laughs> and then, like you said, try and take that break and bring the cup up and refill it. Um I'm an idiot and I can go literally hours and hours and hours without, you know, drink, bio break or food. And I foolishly wear it as a badge of honor, but it's actually complete stupidity because it's just not healthy. But like I can work for 10 hours straight and not even go to the bathroom or have a drink. Like it's absolutely bonkers. Um, I only do it in dire situations. I try not to utilize it. Um, but don't like take those breaks, get drinks, do that kind of stuff. Don't eat candy um, <laughs> or at least not lots of it. But yeah, keep yourself inspired. Like that's a big thing. Yeah, it really is. And inspiration can come from everywhere, from books, from movies, like Jim said, video games, from other people, if that helps. Um, but it's inspiration that really gets you, you know, charged up and just do crazy stuff. Experiment. Um, do not ever be afraid of trying to do something. Uh, and I think personally, I think social media has really put a, a, a bit of a, a kind of a cramp on that because people are like scared they're going to mess up. Well, the thing to remember is that 
You're not live. Like No one's got a camera in the room watching you. Try something different. If it doesn't work, don't worry about it. You're the only person that's seen it, you know? I, I actually take pride in my mistakes. I used to really not, and I used to get very upset. When a mistake comes up now, and I think I mentioned this before, I keep them. I have a little area in my studio where I keep all the things that I've totally effed up. And um, because I want to remind myself... Each one of those, I know why it messed up. Like you do the postmortem, you look at it in your head and you know why that guy, why you went wrong. So I keep them to remind myself, don't do that again. I keep them so I remind myself that I'm human and I'm going to make mistakes, you know? Um, again, I'm generating some pretty cool stuff and I get a lot of people say very, very kind things. And I have to remind people, I, you don't, a lot of times you don't see the things I screw up. And the thing I, you're seeing is the end result. You might not see the four attempts it took to get that to the right look. Like, it takes time to do things and and don't allow yourself to get beaten down because you didn't get there. I certainly don't always get there on go one. Sometimes it takes a couple of tries reworking things to get it. Instagram, social media, Facebook, all the different areas, it, it they're, they're breeding a, I am perfect, look how amazing my shit is. And that's, this, I think I said it again. I think this is about the most filthy podcast we've done. I new year, before, new us. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't apologize. Um, uh, it, it's it's breeding this. Everybody, I, everything I'm doing is perfect, and I'm amazing. And it's so false, and it's not healthy. We are not amazing. We are human. We are going to make mistakes. That's what meaning being a human is: is making mistakes. You can learn from those mistakes, and you can get better. But you're not perfect. And that beautiful thing that somebody might be showing. It didn't get beautiful right away. It took time. It took effort and maybe a number of attempts. So don't be fooled by that. Um, I think the biggest thing is just be generous to yourself. You know, like go easy on yourself. Everything is difficult and and don't get hung up on if it's good or great or bad. Like it doesn't matter. If you are happy with it, it's great. Yeah, you, know? you learn way more from your mistakes than yes. no mistakes, right? Yeah. I always said, like I used to play a lot of chess and I always said, I always like playing chess against somebody who was like awesome that would kick my ass because I learned more from getting beaten than I did from winning against other people. You learn so much more from getting beaten and um, it's demoralizing and it's sad, but you learn more. Um, but that's the thing with the, when you're painting many years doing train, um, if you make a mistake, you'll learn from it and be bold, make that mistake, mess it up. I've also had amazing successes from a mistake. Do you know what I mean? Like you do something wrong. It's like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't mean for that, but that looks cool. How did I do that? I want to be able to do that again. Like it's, it's really good to put yourself out there and experiment. Something that you guys have heard me say, and, I, and I'll live and die by this. When I'm running a D&D game and I look around the table and I look at my notes and we're like on page one and my freaking 10 pages of notes of game, we're more than halfway through the game and we've got nowhere. But I look through the room and everyone's laughing and smiling that's a success. I am happy because if, if my players are happy, I'm happy. And if we haven't gone through anything that I had kind of been planning or thinking about, it doesn't matter if everyone's smiling and everyone walks away from the game, having a good time. That's all that matters. Hobby crafting is the same thing. If you walk away being happy with it, it doesn't matter if it looks good, bad, or indifferent. All that matters is that you're happy. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, don't be so hard on yourself. Nobody's perfect. And even with all like, uh, if maybe you don't drink enough and then one day you do have a little bit more water, that's awesome. But you hammered a bunch of candies. Well, you know, whatever next, maybe tomorrow you'll try to do a little better, you know, like everyone, everyone messes up all the time. So don't be so yeah, hard on yourself. True. 
And everything takes time, right, Jim? I think that that's exactly it. Like everything that you do takes time. Um, yes, there are some people that are just freaking and amazing at what they do and they just pick up a guitar and they can play a guitar or they start painting and they're amazing. But there's not very many of those people. And everything else takes time, practice. Um, you know, that's just it. I, you know, the stuff that I'm doing now is only because I spent hundreds and thousands of hours doing this stuff is why I can, you know, do anything at the level I'm doing it at. And like I said earlier, looking at my tavern compared to the one I made, the one I just made is freaking beautiful compared to the piece of crap that I have as my own tavern um, because I've gotten way better in the last three years. Like it's about progression and about, and I guess we're circling back to the beginning of this conversation about look at what you're doing, you know, see how you progress, pull out an old project and compare it to now and, and see, has there been progression? Are you getting better? And I guarantee you nine times out of 10, you're going to see you have progressed. You're going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, this has been a really, it's been a little different for us, I think it's been a, but it's been a really interesting topic to touch on. I'm really glad that's one that you wanted to do, Jim. Yeah. Hopefully we didn't lose too many of our followers, but that doesn't matter, Jim. It's okay. <laughs> Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah. Good. There you go. You're a winner. Who's the big winner? Yeah. Jim's Woo. the big winner. <laughs> I'll now, be the winner on Wednesday night. Oh, showdown. Down, baby. Smack down. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's true. It is. Um, it is all about that having fun, enjoying it. And I, and I hope, you know, and, and I'll, I'm going to throw this out there. If anybody is feeling any level of I'm really burnt out, I'm really having a hard time, feel free to reach out to us. Like, honestly, we will love to sit and chat with you. Uh, we've both been there. Uh, and if there's anything we can do to help you, um, you know, find some resources or just even give you a little encouragement, we would love to do that. So do not ever be afraid of reaching out to uh, at Epic Gym or at Ardnor underscore minis. Um, you guys can find us anywhere we're, we're available on these things. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it's a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. If it's not fun, there's a problem and you need to do something about it. Plain and simple. Yeah. hundred percent. Awesome. Anything else we want to touch on, uh, in regards to this gym? Uh, that's all I got. Perfect. Uh, we are going to, uh, stop there then. If you guys have any comments, uh, uh, pieces of inspiration or any uh, advice, please feel free to uh, message us and comment on it. Um, we do have uh, our Instagram account fired up for 13 sided dice. So you can check us out on there and um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. We love all of you and enjoy yourselves. Uh, we're going to do one of our new short segments today that we had, uh, did on our level up episode a couple of episodes ago. So uh, I think that's uh, coming up next, right? Yeah. Can't wait. Let's roll some dice. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> roll the dice. Hey, guys, we're back. I asked Jim if he would welcome us back in, and he kind of made a big laugh and a funny face and said he didn't want to. He didn't know what to say. I seem to be always the one to welcome you back, and Jim's just put that burden on me. It's not a burden. I love doing it. Um, <laughs> so we're really excited. Today's talk uh, on our short segment is about dice. And uh, Jim is not a dice goblin. He's more of a dice dragon, a dice behemoth. I don't know. He, he, Jim is a big dice lover. Ironically, I'm not that much of a dice person. Uh, I've been playing for a long time. I have um, the the quintessential dice bag, which is kind of one of the um, crown royal bags, you know, that kind of velvety, felty mm. bag. Uh, and that's pretty full, but that's like about a 40-year collection of dice. So you can tell I'm not that really big of a dice person. Um, but that's cool. I, I appreciate people who are. 
Uh, so yeah, today's gonna be very varied talking about all different areas of dice and, uh, different things about it. So, uh, why don't you kick it off, Jim? What do you have to talk about with regards to dice? I was going to say like being a dice dragon, uh, uh, over a dice goblin, I could probably crush and drown a full size goblin with my dice collection. <laughs> I think you probably could. <laughs> no. And it's funny because I don't, I try to just buy really nice dice now because I have so yeah. much. Yeah. So I consider myself not a dice person anymore, even though I have a stupid amount. I think you're a dice connoisseur. Mm, yeah, definitely. You're selective. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, like, uh, like, what's your favorite dice or so, die? A die. Um, so this is fun. Um, uh, I, I'm very, I, as though I'm not a dice collector or a dice goblin, I am very particular when I play. Um, so I usually choose out which dice I want to use. And as a DM, you tend to have a bit more dice than players. Uh, at least I feel that tends to happen. And I went through a phase about three, four years ago where I actually converted all my dice to white so I was playing with straight white dice of each range, you know, from your sixes up to your die 100, um, which was really fun. And uh, so when I play, I tend to pick out, uh, when you say favorite dice, do you mean like a style of dice or which actual die is my favorite one? Yeah, like which actual die? Which actual die? I think I have a bit of a penchant for 12-sided dice. I kind of like them. I always have done. I think I like that they're bulky. They're probably about the bulkiest dice. They're, they feel bulkier than a die 20. And I think it's because they're big and have big flat sides where a die 20 has those little sides. So it kind of tick, 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 tick rolls around. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say a die, a die 12 would probably be one of my favorites. What about you? I got to go D20. It's, yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. But what's he, your like favorite, like actual dice that you own? Like die. Favorite do, you one have, I own. do you have a favorite D20 or a favorite D12? My favorite dice that I own, and this was going to be one of my things to talk about later, and I think I refer to it, you've been exposed to this. Um, shout out to my little sister, who, who again is a full grown-up woman, but she's my little sister. Um, I raided her toys when she was little, and I stole a piece of um, clear reddish-pink plastic, and it was like a gem. So it's the shape of kind of like a teardrop diamondy shape, and it's flat. It only has two sides. And with liquid paper, I wrote a one and a two on it. And I still, it's not in front of me right now, but I still have that dice. It's not a dice. I, it's a dice now or a die. And I use that for a two-sided dice. <laughs> Absolutely. And so so it, it's so fun when you play with people who haven't played with me before and you have to make a decision, a 50-50 decision. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I pull out my two-sided dice. Everybody laughs. It's always a good giggle. And Jim was exposed to that a number, that was back in the summer, I think, when you're getting a tattoo and it was either a this way, that way tattoo and we rolled the two-sided dice, and I think you, you got a mermaid, didn't you? Yeah. Yep. I forget what the other choice was. I yeah, landed on mermaid. The other one sounded cooler. Your, mer your, mermaid, your mermaid looks really good, but uh, it was fun. But yeah, I love my little two-sided die because it's just kind of a giggle. What about you? Favorite dice? Favorite single die has to be my alligator jawbone D20. Oh, that's It was a cool. Christmas present from uh, one of the players in one of our games, so. That's fun. Yeah, he surprised all of us with like very special artisan dice, and he oh, got, nice. he he was he was marrying our DM's sister. Okay, so our so our DM got a big woolly mammoth D twenty. No, that's like cool. made from woolly mammoth tusk. Yeah, so I remember when those were on sale; they were pretty expensive. I think too, weren't they? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think expensive. it's I think it's like two hundred and fifty American for yeah. like a D twenty. I remember that. That was but, nuts. But they don't make very many woolly mammoth tusks anymore. So I they get don't. It. 
No, they're yeah, they're hard to find. Um, that's cool. Um, we did have, and this is way back. I can't even remember which episode it was. We talked about kind of that um, progression where uh, we did. Remember on, on live, we did it uh, before they had polyhedral dice. Um, Gary Gygax, Dave Arnson, kind of the originators of D&D. They knew that there was something more than just like a six-sided dice in the sense of like, you know, levels of chance and uh, randomness. And so they had zeroed in on that 20 system, but they didn't have a 20-sided dice yet. So they put, and you guys may have heard this from one of our previous podcasts, but they put like poker chips with the numbers one to 20 into a coffee tin and shook that. And we did one as a joke. It's so freaking loud. Um, I can imagine how bad it would be to play a full game with everyone shaking this coffee tin <laughs> and pulling out a, a, a chip for a die 20 roll. That's kind of fun. Uh, I, I love that. Um, the early days of dice, uh, that's some of the stuff that I kind of wanted to touch on because I got some neat things. If any of you have ever seen one of the original box sets, and I, I don't even mean the original, original like white or wood grain box sets, even the, the, the red box set from the 80s and stuff. They came to you with dice, and you asked about my favorite dice, Jim. I, I do have a real strong penchant for some. I have some of my original dice from the 80s, and my die 20, a red one, it's beaten to crap. Like, all the corners are battered and rounded. It's almost a ball as opposed to a, a dice now. Um, I do love some of those original guys. But those original dice, when they came to you, the kits came with dice, and they were like kind of red and a kind of a lightish bluey purple color and these kind of, you know, different colors. But the numbers were engraved into it, but they weren't painted. That was a whole nother procedure that probably would have cost a ton of money back then and boosted the price. So what they did is they included a crayon. And what you do is you would take the crayon and you'd rub the crayon onto the die face. It would go into the groove of the numbers. You'd wipe off the flat part of the face. And there you go. You've got the numbers are now in color. You can read them. And I always thought that was a really fun thing. Something that was really cool in the 80s is you could get blank um, dice. It was a die 20, but the numbers were like uh, double one, double two, double three, double. Like it went from one to uh, zero to nine. Um, trying to get my name. It's got to be zero to nine. Yeah, zero to nine twice. And that were the only numbers on it. So there was no 11s, 12s. There was none of the teens and no 20. And again, they were not filled in the numbers. And I have one. I, I'll have to show it to you one time. But mine's yellow, kind of a clearish yellow. And what you did is you took two different colored crayons. So you take the black and you do the numbers zero to nine in black. And then you do the numbers zero to nine in red. And then you'd say black are the, you know, one to 10 and red are the 11 to 20. And so when you rolled the die 20, if it came up with a black nine, that was nine. If it came up with a red nine, it's 19. And so I still have that guy in my collection and that dates back probably to like 1986. It's a really old die and it's, it's a piece of nostalgia. I really, I love that old kind of, I don't know why they did that. It's wonky and weird, but it was kind of fun. And every once in a while I'll pull that one out just for fun and uh, try and get red, red, you want red numbers. Cause then you're in the, you're in the teens for sure. Oh, that's awesome. And like, I hate math. So that sounds like a, just a horrific dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Saying that, do you, did you ever experience this to roll die 20s if you didn't have a die 20 we used to roll a six-sided and a ten-sided and so you'd roll the the ten-sided and the ten would come up from obviously uh zero to nine on the ten-sided um and you can then determine that would be that is your second number so it's either a if you roll if, it, if the ten comes up as a nine 
your number that you rolled is either a nine or a 19. The way you determine it is you look at the six-sided. If the six-sided was one to three, that meant zero, so you rolled a nine. If the six-sided was four to six, that was 10. That really means you rolled 19. So it's fun to do that. You could do, do it anytime. So any of you, any of you young whippersnappers out there, if you want to have a fun time playing D&D, pull out a 10-sided and a six-sided. And when someone says, roll your die 20, you get to chicka, 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 roll two dice, which is really fun instead of just the die 20. Drop down two dice on the table. And then you just look, and it's not math. You just say, is it, you know, one to three, then it's below 10. Is it, you know, four to six, then you're in the teens and you just look at the, whatever the 10 is and that's what it is. Um, that's a fun way to roll too. We used to, we were like, so cool kids rolling two dice for die twenties. We didn't have any of this fancy schmancy die 20 stuff. We were too cool for that. Um, that was kind of fun. That's a, that's a silly little dice thing. Yeah. I've never done that, but yeah, I'll definitely have to try that out your next, uh, session that you're in. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a giggle. It's just, I guess somebody came up with it cause they probably didn't know a die 20 and there you go. That's the way you can do it. Yeah. I think uh, my favorite set, uh, I got like an amethyst gemstone set that my wife got me a while ago. Like just looks mm-hmm. beautiful. So I love those ones, but I just got a, your Christmas got, dice. Uh, no, is before that I got, um, it was goblins in a trench coat. Okay. I'm thinking so, of some other ones. So it's a set, it's a normal set, but then that has the 3d six and each yeah. D six has a goblin on it. Cool. And then when you stack them, they look like three goblins in a oh, trench coat. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Didn't you also just get some ones that have a, has a dog inside of them? Am I right? Or what is that one? Yeah. Well, I got that. It was in from a dice advent calendar I got for my birthday. And yeah, yeah the last box had a whole set in it. There was dice inside them, which my wife immediately stole. But <laughs> I posted them on Instagram and the company messaged me and said, those aren't dogs. Those are actually moose. Oh, really? And, and we both, okay, <laughs> me and Sean are both Canadian. Those aren't moose in there. <laughs> Those are dogs, man. Those are not yeah. moose. <laughs> They're not like dark brown. They're light. They're they light like yellow. Dogs. They got collars on. There's no antlers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, there's no way. I was like, those are dogs. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Moose. I yeah. don't know. These you can't bullshit things. a Canadian about what no. a moose looks like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. Uh, dice are really interesting. I love, um, are you a dice tray roller or no dice tray roller? Oh yeah. Always dice tray. There's something about that clickety clack in the tray. That's always fun, right? I just have like too many nice ones that I have to use it to justify how much money I've paid for them over the years. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What about dice jail? Do you believe in dice jail? Mm, no, I made one out of Lego. It's pretty sweet. Yep. I liked it, but I just. If you have a, a dice that's not rolling well, do you stick with it or do you replace it? No, I stick with it because I believe that the luck is in the person. Oh, and I know that I'll, I'll just get over that hump. You don't know, just got to keep rolling <laughs> and shake off some of that bad juju. That's awesome. I love watching some people who are just like, like, they're just like, it's a revolving door of dice. It's like, you know, over and over yeah. and over. That's, which I guess if you have a big collection, that's kind of cool because, uh, you know, then at least you're getting through your collection. Yeah, I've um, heard uh, people with dice, if they screw them over enough times, they put them in the freezer and then they yeah. smash them with a hammer. Yeah. Of course, there is the conversation, and we've had it before, about, you know, D4s, about correct D4s and incorrect ones. And people know, I think, our opinions on that. So I don't even mm-hmm. know if we have to touch on it or not. Yeah. The right way is the numbers at the top. So 
No, and it's not. It's the right way is no. Those numbers at the top never existed in original dice. I don't know where that convention came from. Like that's some kind of weird, I don't know. They're, they're probably some kind of knockoff dice from some third world country or something. It's not everything in the past is right, Sean. Just, you know, sometimes you just got to evolve and grow. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, and there's a, a guy, TJ, in our game who's like dead set against him. <laughs> My style, and I'm dead set against his. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing battle, and uh, it's quite funny. I, I do appreciate, uh, you know, four-sided dice because those are like not only dice, but they are severe weapons. Like nothing hurts more than standing on a die four. Yeah, the Caltrops. Forget Legos. D4s. They're amazing. Metal D4s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about metal dice? Uh, I have quite a bit of them, but I don't like as how they feel as much. No, I, I'm not a fan of them. I know my son was playing with them for a while and it was just as a player off to the side. I hear this like, you know, this crazy big thump, boom, bang when you roll these monster metal dice. And at his place, they were playing and they beat the crap out of their table. Like you can see where he sat because it was just dented and beat to hell from these crazy metal dice. I don't know. Yeah. At the, one of my players was doing that to my fungin table and I made right? him go get a dice tray. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're brutal. They're crazy. Um, I, I do have a silly uh, kind of a little place in my heart, though, for six sided dice still. And I think maybe it's because they're so common that sometimes it's kind of fun. And I, I do tend to. Here I go. I guess I am a bit of a dice collector. I collect weird six-sided dice. You know what I mean? Like if I come, because yeah. you can come across them in different places. Um, we, I was born in Britain, so we come from a British heritage. And at Christmas time, we pull Christmas crackers. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of people in Canada do it. And a lot of times in Christmas crackers, you get little tiny dice. And a lot of times they're weird six-sided dice. So I've got a collection of weird six-sided dice, which is kind of fun from like <laughs> things like that and places you find them. Those are kind of cool. Do you have any trick dice? I got a few sets of those. Do you? No, I don't. I, I want to make, uh, one of my players has one. I want to make, oh, <laughs> I hear myself saying these things and I hear what's coming and I just kind of giggle to myself because another Star Wars reference. Oh, um, no. I'm, I'm had, sorry, everybody. They had um, uh, chance, these dice of chance, and they're like red and blue uh, squares on each side of them. I want to make a set of those, but in the movie, they they use the force to turn it. So it comes up to their advantage. I wanted to overweight it. So it always came up with the blue color, which I think would be hilarious. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. It's, it's kind of like a six sided dice, just with colors on it, which would be kind of fun. I'm excited about the dice. You got me uh, as a Christmas present that are these story dice. So they're mm. not, uh, not rolling for numbers, but for kind of generating story or to find out what happened between certain segments. So those are going to be fun. I'm very excited about those. Yeah. I can't wait. Did you uh, look at any of that? Uh, grim, uh, Grimtooth traps. I had a quick flip through it. That's going to be a fun read. There's some cool stuff in there. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. About 90% of them are deadly. Yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> get that feeling right away that this is a pretty lethal book. <laughs> yeah, so I, I always uh, put it a little bit back for my players. But... Yeah, I reel it in. Do you yeah. have any other dice like the story dice that are different, that aren't like numbered dice, like it's for something else? Do you have anything like that? Oh, yeah. I'm like you. I have a whole sack of uh, like D6s that are just from wherever. Just stuff oh, that yeah. has pictures on them. Or, oh, I have, a, I have a D20 that has a D20 inside of it. Cool. So cool. you can roll yeah. advantage or disadvantage in that, one day. <laughs> yeah. I have a D20 that's about probably two and a half size of uh, bigger than a normal dice. And you probably have one of these. And it's got the uh, little red LED light in it. So when you hit mm -hmm. 20, it flashes. 
that's kind of fun, but it's a bit too bulky and weird, but it's kind of a fun one. Yeah. A lot of people, um, how do you feel about uh balanced dice? Yeah. I don't know. I probably neutral. I, I don't, yeah, not bothered either way. I don't think it's a yeah. thing that I'm you. I don't no, I don't yeah. care. I know no, some I people put their plastic dice in salt water to Ooh. see what numbers come up when you put them in the oh, water. Oh, really? Because they'll see what, how they're weighted. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Do you have any um, weird uh, kind of rituals when your dice are sitting in front of you and you're playing? Like, do you turn them all to a certain number or do anything? Oh, yeah. Always top number up. Really? I'm, I always put ones. Yeah. I oh. all, yeah, because I'm getting the ones out of them. I always put them, usually rotate them to ones or um, or I pair them up and I make 13s. Oh, so my no. whole my dice are all yeah I, my favorite number man i love 13 you, you gotta keep them up to charge them <laughs> i mean you did roll those five d20s in a row that one time I so did. i mean that's my claim, to argue with that. yeah yep. that's that was my big claim to fame um i probably also rolled five ones in a row too to be honest at some point in time but just don't um, just don't remember that one <laughs> yeah don't remember that <laughs> try not to totally that's cool dice are fun it's a I have a, a love-hate relationship with them because and we're chatting about this the other day. I've had players. Um, so here's an example. I was talking uh, in our uh, main topic about this character I created, this uh, wizard detective. And um, our game was very much about that a drug had been, uh, had been released kind of into the town, like a street level drug. And I probably shouldn't say this because people are going to steal it. But my son came up with the idea that it was actually a scroll. So you read the scroll, the magic hits you and it's like getting high and these scrolls are getting quickly knocked off and they're producing tons of them. And that was kind of the premise. And we've been hired by a cleric of one of the big churches to try and find out where this stuff is coming from, who's behind it and that kind of stuff. So uh, we went, me and one of the characters went to a shady part of town and we had gone up and we're looking and we're watching and you see these guys, they're drug dealers selling drugs and these scrolls are selling a part of it. So I went up to him and I just kind of put on this thing and I'm like, yeah. And I start talking to him. And I'm like, you know, listen, I know you don't care about me and I don't, you don't know me from anybody and you have no reason to trust me, but I'm from a neighboring town. And what we want to do is we want to try and find information about these, you know, let's say you're a florist and you're selling flowers and we're referring to the drugs as flowers. And we want to open a florist shop in our town, but we need to know how it's done. And we want to have some information. So I'm trying to connect my guys with your guys. And I came up with this whole elaborate thing of, we were just trying to find out more information about what was going on. And I, I was just silly and just had this spiel for like five minutes about how this whole thing went. And it was a lot of fun and it was a giggle. And I rolled for like, you know, a, um, not intimidation, but a, um, why am I completely blanking on persuasion? the word? Persuasion roll. And I rolled mediocre. Like, I think it was like a 12. I think I had a, I got a zero in charisma, right? So nothing. And, um, you know, the DM said, you know what? That story was so awesome. Like that story is so on the nose. Like you just, it was so fun and it was so well thought through. Like I'm going to lower the DC so much that that works. Cause Really, it probably shouldn't have. I didn't roll very good. But it, but your story was so good. And so that's kind of my love-hate relationship with it. And, I, and I've had that happen too, where I've had you know players like, I run through the room, I jump onto the trunk, leap onto the table, slide off the table, come down and I kick this. And, I, you know, and it's this really neat, elaborate thing they'd figured out compared to some of the other players that are like, I hit them with my sword. And they're just like on autopilot. They're not really doing anything. And this person's got this whole thing the person hitting with a sword doing nothing is rolling like nat 20s, five in a row, that idiot. <laughs> and the person who had this cool story 
rolls like a seven or something. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. that's my love hate relationship with the dice because sometimes players, it can really crush them. And they're like, why am I even trying? Why am I even coming up with cool shit? If I, you know, if I roll crap. And so I know we need dice in the game and I love that it adds that element to it, but I really feel bad when a player has a great idea and the dice can't support them. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a down for me. So I tend to be also very generous in those situations. And you can say, Hey, great. I roll with advantage. And so you can say that in advance to help them out. Um, but that's to me is the one place where I find dice can kind of be, get in the way of the game because they've got a cool idea. It's like a cinematic moment. You know, you're like, it's like watching a movie. This is so cool. And then you roll the stupid dice and it fails you. Uh, it's kind of a drag. Yeah. When I'm a DM, uh, to kind of combat that, I'll just like say they run up and they jump up on the table and they grab the chandelier and kick the guy. And I would just make them roll to see how they landed. Yes. So they still had all that. And then, you know, just right. They'd be like, well, let's see like how good your landing was on that, you know? And then even if they get one, you know, it's like, ah, well, you wiped it right off the table, but. Dude, you are the mastermind. I love that idea. Cause then they get to do it still. It's just, they didn't maybe, they didn't stick the landing. Yeah. (laughs) That is a great way of looking at it. That's so cool because yeah, I mean, it's all about having, again, about having fun and putting those neat things into it. And there's nothing more fun as a DM than seeing a player getting into it and coming up with this crazy fun story. Like, that's so cool. You want to reward them for that. But the evil dice gods don't let it happen. Yeah, and that's the, that's the beauty of the game. Yeah, love-hate relationship, like I said. Yeah. It's all good. Anything else to chat about in regards to dice? I should probably save it for next segment because I, I think we it. got lots to talk about that for days. So, uh, yeah, vet. Uh, let us know. Email us at crystalball at 13sideddie.com. Tell us what uh, what your favorite dice set is or if your number's on top or number's on bottom for D4s. Give, give, us, us, your, give us your sad dice story. We want to hear it. We're here for you. Yeah. We're a support group. We're here for you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Love it. This is cool. I'm glad we did this segment. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. Onwards and upwards. Woo! Next time on 13-Sided Die. Hey guys, we are finishing up the show today. I hope you enjoyed um, kind of the topics we talked about. Um, Very near and dear to our heart talking about uh, burnout in the hobby. So please guys, just keep your eyes open, try to avoid it and, uh, you know, kind of go through some of the steps we talked about. And I don't know about you, Jim, but I really enjoyed actually the dice conversation. That was a real giggle. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could talk about dice for days. That is awesome. So we've been chatting a little, and we think next episode we would like to talk about our favorite vintage fantasy, favorite fantasy heroes and villains. Um, that'll be fun, right? Yeah, another Dragonlance episode. Woo! I will bring up some Star Wars stuff. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I, I promise I'll do stuff other than Dragonlance, too. <laughs> and I'll talk about more than Star Wars. Um, I'm not even that he- – well, I was a massive Star Wars fan as a kid, so I think it's a lot of leftover. But anyways, it's all good. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. And I think uh, just kind of a loose, casual, fun talking about stuff. If any of you out there are uh, obviously listening to this before that episode and would like us to talk about anything or maybe mention some of your favorite uh, fantasy, um, vintage fantasy shows or heroes or villains, 
yeah, drop us a line. Uh, Crystal Ball at 13-Sided Die is the email. You can also check us out on all the uh, kind of social media areas, 13-Sided Die or Jim and mine uh, account on Instagram. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Um, what else can they do, Jim? They can just reach out to us anywhere, man, wherever we are online. What about uh, liking and following and all that stuff? Ah, if they want. No, they should. Come on. <laughs> we are busting our ass here. We want more likes. Fo- no, you guys do whatever you want. It's all good. We're just having, we're just having fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just said not to chase likes and follows, so I can't ask for them now. So. Well, we can, we can double talk. We can go one way and say something else. It's not a problem. That's all yeah. good. But every once in a while, some of you do say some very kind and nice things to us. And so we want to read one of the uh, comments we received. Uh, this is from, on Instagram, the DMs.quest. Uh, Vivi, who is just one of the nicest people you can meet. She's such a sweetheart. Very, very talented. And she said, so stoked for this project. Amazing hosts with a little uh, burning bush or something. Um, Again, what a sweetheart. She's super nice. Uh, Highly recommend following her. Her work's beautiful. And she's just such a nice person, isn't she, Jim? Oh, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Vivi. She's awesome. uh, I'm her lawyer from way back. Did some legal work for her, and uh, we're actually in a beholder competition that's always ongoing. So, <laughs> and awesome. uh, fellow Canadian, got to say as well, right? Yeah, woo, got it. Got to love those Canucks. We know what a moose looks like. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's not a Thanks dog. For kind- <laughs> Thanks for the kind words, Vivi. That's awesome. <laughs> Super sweet. Yeah, if you guys want to do that, please uh, feel free. We will certainly give a shout out on here and uh, we'll usually try and post them to stories and whatnot. But thanks everybody for the wonderful, wonderful support. It's just truly amazing. Uh, these two silly fools are just having way too much fun and it's so great to hear from everybody. Anything else to touch on, my friend? I don't think so. No, I think that's the episode, right? So uh, thanks everybody. It was a lot of fun. I hope you are uh, enjoying the show as much as we are. And, uh, you know, stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, great chat, Sean. As always, buddy. All right, everyone, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well done, you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure, to be sure. Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmith's before departing. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-Sided Die has been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Cobble and torture device by Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.